Hello everyone, I'm Angelica and this is Gemma and this is Today in Random and today we're talking about She-Ra because I just finished and I'm really excited to talk about it. Oh, like wow. too excited to talk about it. She-Ra is an animated TV show. It's a reboot of the 80s She-Ra from back in the day. It's never watched the 80s version. I never heard of it. I knew of He-Man. I watched He-Man growing up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad used to get us the the VHS tapes of oh, He-Man. Yeah. Really? So I oh, was wow. really into He-Man and, and, and what was his name? Skeletor. Skeletor, yeah. It was really, I think he, we like went to a car boot sale and he got us some tapes and He-Man wow. Shira and the Princesses of Power, it is a reboot, all on Netflix, five seasons, it's mm. finished. I finished it when it came out in May and had no one to talk to about it, so I told you to watch it. I didn't expect you to finish it as quickly as you did, but I'm glad that you did. I got so into it, like, ridiculously into <laughs> I started watching it with my children thinking this is a nice thing for us to watch together. Go girl power! And then started and then watched it without them. And so we've decided to now share our thoughts with everybody else and see feelings. who has feelings because I had many, many feelings about yeah. this. I have cried so many times <laughs> watching I did, it. I, yeah, I, I surprisingly didn't cry. I think, I don't know why. No, like I got like, I, I got the feelings, I got the feels, but I never cried. I think I may have like, oh, but nothing fell. I don't know, maybe because, oh I don't know why I didn't. I actually sobbed. I was so upset, but I was quite drawn into the last episode. <laughs> yeah, well, you called me like after you watched the very last episode and you were a mess. In tears. I'm not ashamed yeah. of it. Why should you be? No, no. It was, oh, it was just so many. Let, let, we'll dive into the relationships because I think that's quite important on the show. I think that's like the, the purpose of the show because I yeah. feel like I know that there's a lot of like law, like with like everything with like Etheria and Eternia and all. Like, I know there's probably in the 80s version, there's like a lot of, you know, all of these mean something and. But I feel like this reboot sort of didn't delve too much into the world as it did delve into the relationships and the character mm -hmm. development, which I appreciated because uh, I I like fantasy stuff, but sometimes it gets a bit too confusing. Like with yes, it gets a bit many... too contentious and too many convoluted. That's what the word I'm looking for. It gets too a bit much, and then I get lost in the details. And yeah. sometimes I like, a bit like you, I need that grounding of the important relationships in a show. Because, uh, oh, the main the main characters, Catra and Adora, man, I love them so much. It's interesting because, like, you're supposed, I guess in the beginning, you're supposed to not like Catra. Or, like, the, the, they're trying to get you to make it seem like she's the, the bad, the antagonist, which she is. But... What they've done so well is that I feel like this is a show where they make you feel more for the villains than they do for the the protagonists. 
Definitely. And that takes so much skill. I mean, if we can get shows like Dexter, where we feel sorry for a serial killer, I mean, <laughs> it's just talent. Really. Um, and there was so much, I mean, it was good that they, they showed a lot of history and also a lot of, you know, her reactions to how hurt she was and, and how that played on her currently, um, that she wasn't so one dimensional. There was a reason for everything, but it still wasn't good what she did. Like they kept reinforcing that, although she had all these things going on, what she still, what she did was still wasn't great. What she was doing was still bad. Yeah. But you, you didn't want to, you, you couldn't really feel angry at her because you knew it was coming from a sad place. <laughs> because if, if, if people don't know, Basically, it starts out with Adora and Catra. They are raised essentially as child soldiers at the Horde, essentially told that the, the princesses are a part of a rebellion and they're the bad guys. And so they're told from a young age and they've been conditioned to believe that they are the good guys and what they are doing is good when the reality is not so much, which mm. is how the show starts when they, they go out they take one of those hovercraft out. They go into the world. They go into the world, and then she stomp. Then Adora stumbles a, a, upon the the sword, and that yeah. is where it all sort of begins. I what I haven't rewatched the whole thing, but I did rewatch the first two episodes with my niece, and I was like, oh man, this is how it began. It's so sad when you think like they were just these two best friends who just live in life, you know, not knowing any different. And then on a dime, it's like, it completely turns their world upside Everything down. Everything changes. And that's the start of watching Catra and her abandonment issues. That was rough. <laughs> and and then watching Adora always sacrifice herself because she doesn't feel worthy enough and to she's take always care of herself. She's always been told by, by Shadow Eva that that's almost, it's her duty to... That's her purpose. That's her purpose. Like her purpose is to to serve others. Obviously, that plays into the finale. Yeah, these are two people, Catra and Adora, who were raised to believe that love is weakness, and that you know their purpose is to uh, to to rule the world and to. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all about power. Power to to have power, but. Amongst all of this, they they managed to find like love together. Like even amongst all of the the horrors around them, they still managed to find each other, which is just mm. so sad. It makes even it makes it even sadder when when Catra believes that Adora left her, like abandoned her specifically. When the reality was she didn't leave her; she just left the horde. Because she, she said specifically to Catra, "Come with me." Mm. But that rejection was just too much for Catra. She was like, but no, you decided to leave and I wasn't included in that decision. So that means you've left me and I'm you no chose. longer part. You chose somebody. It's all this like envy and jealousy and, and, you know, all this out of fear that, you know, people won't stay around and love her. And that, that reminds me of an episode, I think it's episode three of season five, when they go back, when she sort of looks back and she's, upset because Adora's friends with Lonnie and she's like you're supposed to be my friend 
I like you like to think throughout season one to four she had to watch Adora like have this new best friend squad and like mm. watch her have this whole new friendship without her gosh and I'm just imagining children watching this like oh my god this must play out in the playground all the time you know yeah you know like kids who naturally are curious and want to try different friendship groups and the people who were left behind feel so betrayed like how dare you leave me um because they're still trying to work out that we can share people oh yeah such a skill that we don't own people that we can share them and love is not diluted it's, it's all the same yeah because i had a, a friend ask me when i had my second child what's it like like you know do you do, do you how do, how do you split your love between your children and i was like no love is infinite it's such a soppy way of saying it love is infinite it's like it, it doesn't know it's no boundaries it's not a pie it's not a piece of pie <laughs> Oh yeah, it's true. You just get more. Your heart expands. That's it. And I think that's kind of like the message that everyone's heart grows as two sizes bigger. <laughs> <laughs> seasons one to four aren't so fresh in my brain, but I do know that season five was like just a great season. It had a lot of things that I hoped would happen. Like I always hoped that Catcher would like figure her shit out and decide that I because I don't think she wanted to do all of those bad things she just in her warped mind wanted to one-up Adora she wanted to she just wanted to know, win. She, she just she said it a bunch of times she wanted yeah. to win but obviously with Horde Prime coming in and being someone he because she can't manipulate and work like she did with Hordak she finally decided that you know she wanted to do that one good thing and save Glimmer who she was stuck on called prime shit with and mm. she finally apologized it was nice to see that as far as she went as how like bad her decisions were it, there's there's never a no turning back moment even though she felt it along the way that there's no turning back might as well go down this route that mm-hmm. there's, there's always ways to you know for retribution and redemption yeah like that's what season five I felt was was really nice to watch is that her way of turning things around and 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 making good. For the type of character that Catcher is, I think this is the not the most she could do, but you know, they didn't delve too much into her apologies. It it, it felt more like obviously there was a lot happening and this was the most she could do. But with, I think because she had done. So so much and shown that potentially there was no turning back for her like in terms of being bad I think even just saying sorry or acknowledging that what she had done was kind of enough like her action of saving Glimmer was an apology in itself Mm. and you know the the, all she wanted was a space with Adora she wanted to be in her mind and part of her she just wanted to be with Adora that's all she wanted I think and she wanted Adora to choose her. Definitely. Well, it was, you know, when she, in the, in, when she leaves, because Adora takes the bell safe, and then she tries to leave in the night, and then Adora sort of chases after her, and they're like, you know, tries to stop her. But she, she does, she's like, outwardly, she says, what do you want? Mm. Like, what do you actually want? Like, not what can you do for other people? What 
are you supposed to do for other people? What do you want? That's that was essentially her saying, you know, make a decision, like actually be selfish and say what it is you actually mm. want. And but she, she couldn't and she couldn't answer it. Yeah. I don't think she has ever taken the time to actually sit and think what she wants to do or what she wants. She's just had to follow a certain routine or a path to kind of control all that internal chaos that's going in her. She had to have all these regimented things like the uniform. She had to follow a purpose. She had to be a certain role. She had to be a different role. And yeah, but never actually sit and think what what does her life, what's her life going to look like in the future? Which is what brought us to that conversation that she has with Mara when Mara's like, you're worth more than what you can give other people. Yeah. Which is, oh, because you don't, when you see shows or films when you have this superhero, the main superhero, you don't really get that. It's like their main purpose is to save the world. Mm -hmm. That's it. We don't consider them to be human, to have their own wants and desires. And I thought that was so great to watch Mara, a previous hero, tell her, how are you going to take care of yourself? And then the whole time I'm thinking, this is such a good therapy session. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to learn from this. Oh, God. We keep our boundaries and how do we take care of ourselves? I think you called me when you had just watched episode I don't know which episode but you you mentioned that like a lot of Katra and Adora reminded you of you and your sister did mm -hmm. you anticipate the direction that it ended up <laughs> no! when, you, when you said that I was like oh, um, that's a bit uh, hmm. because like when watching it I was like yeah you've definitely played out some of these roles before um no i wasn't expe expecting that it was a bit of a shock a pleasant shock i was happy that that's how it turned out but then it kind of like oh no it's not the same <laughs> i mean you can say there are elements yeah but it's like yeah when you said that i was like do, what do i say i was just on the phone like oh she's gonna this is gonna surprise the crap oh, out of her twisted storyline <laughs> Oh dear! Oh God. The Elements of you know that, that want and need to take care of each other and not knowing how to do it. I think it plays out in lots of relationships. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I've been watching it since the beginning since it came out, and it only came out in two thousand and eighteen, which is mind-boggling to me. Like it's only been two years since the show's been on the air. Like they just sort of blasted through releasing the episodes, which I don't know why. Like why they were just on it. They just really wanted to get it out. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I I I've watched a lot of interviews with the showrunner and like some of the actors and stuff, and it's always been that grey area. Like they would say, you know, are they like sisters or are they? you know friends or are they more than friends it was always I felt like it was there was a reason why it was ambiguous just because I think that in the beginning I think the showrunner didn't know how much they would be able to show or like mm. to explicitly say with in regards to their relationship I don't think there's been a show like I think a lot of shows a lot of cartoons have had like LGBT sort of couples like Steven Universe 
um, Adventure Time, but they've mm -hmm. always been sort of like secondary characters. They've not yeah, been not the main romantic the main, main, yeah, main yeah. character. I think it's kind of a big deal that the main hero had that moment mm -hmm. and that was central to the finale. Like essentially they saved their they love saved the world essentially, which is massive. I thought that was amazing. And there were so there was so many elements of the show that were so LGBTQI positive. It was amazing. Like that the fact that double trouble was non-binary and it was so normal to say they. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the whole relationship between Natessa and Spinnerella. Oh, uh, dads. Both dads. And it was just like, yeah, this is normal. It's Not that it, it was just nice to see it on television. Yeah. Um, just accepted as the the norm. I feel yeah. like though, animated shows have that capacity to do that because, as sad as it sounds, it with cartoons, obviously the worlds are fantasy, mm. and the world that we live in is not as accepting as these cartoon worlds. So I feel like they can kind of get a not get away with it, but it feels more accepted in those, in that sort of space, because it's not reality, which sucks, but it's good that it's a way for people to see it. Mm -hmm. So you look at like live action TV shows, there's not a lot of representation just in sort of on the whole spectrum, just like in terms of gender, in terms of race, in terms of sexuality like one thing that i love about shira is that the the, the body shapes of the princesses like if you watch brilliant if you watch, if you watch the old clips of the old shira they're all like skinny like white mm -hmm. women with these weird but then you you watch this and it's like all shapes all sizes like oh like glimmer 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 is thick I loved it so much. Oh, it was just nice to see just people, regular people, be represented. And you know, I, I when I do watch Disney movies with my kids, the only thing I focus on is like, look how skinny this woman's waist is. How? How is nobody can live up to this? What nonsense is this? Yeah. Ugh. But then I was so glad to show my daughter Shira and she got to see so many different types of bodies and people and relationships and it was just this is life, this is reality, you know? You were watching it the same like side by side with my seven year old niece. <laughs> and <laughs> I I forced her to not watch the last two episodes because I want to watch them with her just to sort of gauge her reaction on how it sort of plays out. Because I've not been able to talk to her about like the show i know she loves it because she's been she blasted through it quicker than you did mm. but i am curious to see because she's at she's at the age like where she's learning about the world and she watches a lot of shows now and a lot and i found she showed me a show the other day i told you about this where um it is about it's called the loud house and it's about a family there's like 10 sisters and one brother mm. and it's just about their sort of their lives or whatever and she showed me an episode and there was an episode where the brother goes to a, a ski lodge or whatever and he has two dads 
And I was just, it's just like the most normal thing for her to see. And I know if, if we had seen that like years ago, it would have been like such a big deal. Yeah, because I think our parents would have made a big deal out of it. Oh, for sure. My mum, I know for a fact, would have been at that Indian Karen calling up somebody and shouting, oh, how dare you let my children watch this rubbish? <laughs> 100%. It's the fear of our parents, for sure. Oh, yeah, We're far more chilled out, so I think it's easier to put this on TV now. Oh, God, yeah. But it's just so nice to know that there are avenues for her to to watch, and Mm. this is something that will be normal to her, because I don't want... You don't want younger generations to be shown prejudice and and all of these negative things. So I'm glad that there are shows out there that are... And it stimulates good conversations when you're watching something together as a family, like, you know, and you see things like this. Yeah, you're going to have, oh, mommy, daddy, what's going on? And then then have a nice open conversation about it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to talk to her about Catra because when I spoke to her on the phone before, she she asked me, she was like, is Catra a boy or a girl? I was like, wait, what? She said, because she was wearing, they were wearing a a suit. And I was like, no, Catra's a girl. She's like, oh, because she's probably, she's undercover. I was like, okay, sure, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Because it's insidious gender norms, how they're like marketing has really gotten into the heads of children. Oh, yeah. this is what it means to be a girl and this is what it means to be a boy and and it's it's hard to and to be honest there are times I don't know when I, with my children like I give them all the options I can yeah. and and if my daughter chooses like you know stereotypically pink unicorns girly or not girly but just pink unicorns sure um that kind of side of things then that's what she likes but she also likes pink dinosaurs and and my son likes really likes frozen like he's super into it but then who isn't frozen's amazing so oh yeah i mean it it's it's a great great film great i'd be i'd be worried if if he didn't like it you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah reactions to the final episode um I rewatched the final episode, but I watched it with both my kids today. And you asked me, oh, what did Leela, you know, what did Leela think of the finale? Oh, uh, yeah. She didn't have any reaction. <laughs> she was like, okay, whatever, let's move on to Avatar now. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's it, isn't it? I mean, she's only three, so <laughs> I can't expect too much from her. But she, I asked her if she liked it, and she said she really liked it. She was very concerned with the violence. She was not into it. You know, with the way that um, Hordak let go of Horde Prime and she was like, where did he go? She was not impressed. Because, yeah, yeah, that's something I drill in pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) And then she'll turn around, oh, mummy, he was very naughty. (laughs) He's not being very kind. He needs to sit in the timeout stairs. <laughs> I mean, I feel Hordak needs to do that anyway because sure. regardless, regardless of his uh, relationship with Entraptor, he's still committed war crimes. That's exactly, it. exactly. Um, I still, yeah, that's to say with Shadow Weaver. Mm. I, oh, we need to talk about Shadow Weaver. <laughs> oh, must we? What an awful human. What? Or not even, is she human? What is she? A, just a being. <laughs> but because it, like the way the story turned out is because of her yeah yeah 
the the way she's a master manipulator. Or any time. Just disturbing primary attachment figure. Oh my goodness. Oh god, you just watch how it all played out with how she treats Adora and how she treats Katra, and then you go have these oh. two separate paths for these two poor girls. The gaslighting of Katra is just horrible. Horrible. Awful. And the amount of pressure that she puts on Adora as well. Yeah. Oh, this is your destiny, that you're destined for all these things, you don't have a choice. And then towards the end, she really didn't feel like she had any choice in the matter. She had to do this. She yeah. had to sacrifice herself. Ugh. Anytime she touched Adora's face, I just cringed. God, I just wanted to slap her hands. And then you see on the opposite side of the spectrum, when she touches Katra, and she has that instant reaction of, Don't touch me! Oh. Oh, that pained my heart so much. Oh, and like even like after that, when when they were walking through the corridor with that weird corridor, like even when Adora touched her, she sort of she, she seized up. She's so traumatized. Like they both are. Oh my goodness! And it makes me wonder why she treated them so differently. And, and, you know, the fact that, you know, she knew that Adora had come from another planet and was the first one and mm. she was just destined for power and greatness. It's almost as if she, these two children that she was lo looking after reflected parts of her that she loved and hated about herself, of one yeah. of great strength and power and destiny and one of pure emotion and confusion and, and hurt. And I think maybe that played a part in the way she treated each of them. This is a children's show. Right? I was telling my friend about, like, what I was thinking about, you know, She-Ra. And I was like, you need to watch it because it's amazing. And all these things happen. And she's like, Angelica, are you sure these things happen or have you just created it in your head? Like, are you delving too deeply into it? And I was like, I'm not. I'm really, really not. <laughs> no. I feel like this. that's... I feel like I, I want to believe that it's the trend of the cartoons these days, but I feel like it's in everything. When you talk about shows back in the day, like when we watch Rugrats, when we watch mm. Hey Arnold, when we watch Arthur, there's always, I mean, maybe, maybe we didn't realise it at the time, some of the themes that they were hitting. And that's the point of cartoons. They're not just for children. Like you have to realize when children are watching these cartoons, so are the adults. Exactly. So you have to you have to sort of tap into something that they can read. And so when you look at episodes of like Rugrats when they talk about Chucky's mother who is dead and how he mm. how they deal with him, you know, trying to keep her memory alive. Like that episode, oh. like that is not for children. It is, not. is, it is not for children. I remember watching it again as an adult and crying. Oh. Clearly this is a trend for me where I watch cartoons and cry. <laughs> I'm very emotional. <laughs> I don't know, there's something about the medium of animation that really hits home. I don't know whether it just touches my inner child and it just releases all this emotion. It probably is, because like, I, I watch Steven Universe and that show, my god. Like I, I, I am a grown woman, but that show just brings out so many feelings and emotions, and it's they dealt they deal with so many like they mm -hmm. deal with um, like Stephen's like 
issues with his mother issues with mother issues with his mum his mother issues and like deals with there's a uh like toxic relationships and all of and just like anxiety and uh, yeah. just so many things and I, it's it's not us drawing it's not us sort of picking it out it's put there for a reason like exactly. it's teaching kids it's you know because when we look at like back in our day i remember really connecting to hey arnold because he was that boy who had to take care of his family because his grandparents were super old <laughs> they were helga like she wasn't just this bad person who had who bullied arnold she had a really kind of bad childhood and she sort of saw and like arnold was the only person who was nice to her which is why she is like a bit obsessed with him but it, it was just because it was the first time she was treated nicely by someone because i think the story is like she has a sibling and the parents sort of favored the sibling over her sibling that's right that's right and she just had all this repressed not repressed just very outward anger she was so mm. angry she had no way of coping or dealing with it so it came out as her lashing out just like with Katra she had no tools to to cope with all this rage inside her so she lashed out and then naturally people when when they get lashed at step away move back and then she felt it reconfirmed her abandonment issues it's a vicious cycle oh it's so sad like it's she doesn't realize she's the toxic friend but but it's like she she believes that these people are just leaving her but it's just it's because of how she was treated that she's acting this way and it's so sad because like all she needs or wanted was like true friendship and she had it in Scorpio who was right there she had it in Adora who was right there but she was just overcome with so much anger and jealousy and rage and yep and it's interesting how the trauma is played out in the two characters of Adora and Catra. That Catra, like Catra, the way she responds to stress and anxiety is by lashing out, and the way Adora deals with it is by internally hurting herself, by not valuing her own life and, you know, sacrificing herself. But out of the two, one is far more acceptable than the other, which is why Adora was surrounded by people and Catra was not. Yeah. And it's interesting how we view self-sacrifice in our society, that it's, oh, you're a martyr, or they're so kind, okay. they'll do anything for you, but it's all about what we can get from people rather than what can we do to help them. Like, Catra was also asking for help, but Adora got it before Catra did. It just makes me think of, you know, real-life children who do respond to stress and anxiety through anger and how yeah. hard it is for them sometimes to to make friendships because that that's their world this is the most important thing when you're at school is what friends you have yeah it's the whole universe so i can totally understand you know when working in schools and stuff when you have a few children come up to you really telling you about their friendship problems like yeah 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 this is this is very serious it's um, yeah because it's all they know like, this is this is their struggle right now and like yeah it, out perfectly in Shira. These were all friendship issues and relationship issues, but the way you deal with these issues in childhood is how you carry on and deal with them in adult life. You know, we pick up these skills in 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 school, all these good social skills and you know acceptable social skills. 
and but and Ka and Katra and Adora picked up different set of skills. Katra knew how to to run away to take care of herself. She knew how to protect herself. Yeah, but she didn't know how to maintain friendships. Whereas Adora can maintain friendships, but she doesn't know how to protect herself. You could just you could do like a, a character study on both of them. It's, it's just it's amazing. I would love to talk to the writers. I was like, oh, it's how do you do this? Like, sit down with each character and and develop a full, fully fledged person. That was the most interesting thing in the whole show, is how all the characters had their own very fully developed identities and personalities, and how that that how they interacted with other people, and how like Katra, although she she found it difficult to have relationships. She had very specific different relationships with the, each person. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was really nice to see, maybe because of my interest in people and and relationships generally. Maybe that's just maybe that's it. But it was nice to see how as one identity, you can have many different meaningful relationships and how that, that impacts you. Because that relationship she has with Entraptor mm. really, really affected her. Um, because of how she treated her and how Entraptor couldn't really help herself in that situation. And then the relationship she has with Scorpio and, you know, Scorpio but open and loving and, and, and just loyal to loyal a team. To a, to a fault, some might say. Definitely. She was so loyal. But even with such an open pers person, you know, in her circle, she still couldn't accept it. Oh, that episode reminds me of that episode um, when they go to the Crimson Waste, mm. and that like it was she was so close to like just being happy with Scorpio, being like so like it was the first time she was quite open and vulnerable with her. She had that great day where she essentially became the leader of the Crimson Waste. Yeah, which didn't take long. <laughs> it didn't take long at all. But oh, it was just so sad when like. You know, I think it was just a mention of Adora and something, and then she was like, "We have to open that portal." Like she was just mm -hmm. so like all she saw was Adora red, and like she couldn't see in front of her that she could just said she have had a really nice life in the Crimson Waste. Like she could have been happy there. But now knowing that it was a romantic thing from you know watching the ending, now it's like oh, it's because. She she was obsessed with her, and she couldn't get her out of her head, and you yeah. know she just. She loved her. She cared for her. It was interesting because, like, I felt like it was a lot more obvious on Catra's side that she had those feelings than it was for Adora's. It wasn't until in the second to last episode, I think, when she... We still don't... We should really know, but you know when they were in that weird place, her, bow and Glimmer, and she saw those... She had those memories. Like, it's mm -hmm. the place where you shows you their memories yeah but then it was when yeah it you sort of that was sort of the, when you realized that oh adora did have those feelings from way back when because like the first memory was when she was quite young but i think that's the sort of the character that adora is that she's not she mentions that she's the sort of punch your feelings type person she keeps it in until she has to let it go by hurting people not hurting people but by like saving the world or mm. you know fighting like she's she's not a she's like her and Katra, they, they don't verbalize what they feel. No, they just they're both react. survivalists. They survive. They don't live. So everything they do is 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 to be able to survive 
any and all experiences because at any moment they could perish, but be it physically or even emotionally and psychologically. So I followed the creator writer and she tweet she tweeted that because um, someone asked her does capture have nine lives and she <laughs> she tweeted that she does and then she tweeted like all of the lives that she has like lost it's so sad because then she says that they were re they re she sort of restarted those lives when adora saved her oh yeah so these are the times that she, I guess, canonically died, according to the writers. Oh my goodness. And tell me if you remember any of these. Okay. Let me see if I can find it. Because obviously there's nine of them that she's died. Which is really sad. It's just it's like, oh my god, she thinks so little of her life that she's willing to give up some of these lives because when you hear them they're kind of like oh okay she died then that's really sad <laughs> oh, but she had no regard for herself really yes yeah, awful all right here we go so capture went through all nine lives during the course of shira but adora reset them and saved the cat so number one was she went <laughs> Princess Prom, you know, when she let go of Adora's hand, she fell. Oh, yeah. She died then? Apparently, yeah. Oh. And then the spider, when they were in that weird, mm. that weird place, the memory place again. Suffocated. I don't know when that one was. When would she have suffocated? Uh, portaled. So when she got into the portal. Mm. And twice in the portal. Uh, when she had the fight with Glimmer. Oh. When she had the fight with Hordak. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, when she saved Glimmer. Yep, 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 yep. And then she was dead, basically, when she was taken by Prime. You know, when she yeah. fell off. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So now she's living her final life with Adora. Her final, well, she's got nine. Apparently, they could be reset, so she's sorted. I don't know about their okay. well. No, they don't talk about it much, their well. Yeah, like, these princesses and their, like, are they immortal? Like, is, uh, I don't... Is Glimmer's mum still alive? Where is she? What do you say? Did she say she's in between dimensions? I thought that's what they were going to do, because I didn't realise the fifth season was the final season. <laughs> Netflix had when there was another season coming along. I wasn't ready until you told me. No, yeah, that's I, it. I thought you knew. No, I, I did not. I was. I clearly wasn't clear enough when I said. No, I clearly oh, didn't want to know. I didn't want to listen. I didn't want it to end. <laughs> I feel like. I mean, it was a closed ending, but I feel like they could do more. I think so. I mean, you. I like that you said that they could do a movie. I'd like that. I know people have been clamouring for it, but I don't know uh, if it's something that... Because the only loose thread is Glimmer's mum, who's stuck mm. between two dimensions, and that's they so... Did, and they didn't even mention her, like, no. really? The only I thing that was mentioned was Glimmer saying, I'm not going to lose another parent. 
My mother taught me to be brave. Brave. <laughs> brave, brave. That bit. Oh, yeah, that bit got me. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. What got me was when Catra said, um, oh, these Oh, right, when she, yeah. <laughs> also promise. Also promise. Um, I thought it's the one word, isn't it? It's like with Harry Potter and Snape saying always. It's like always, always, yeah. It's like always, stay oh. or promise. I think I read as well, someone was like, um, uh, Adora had to learn to be selfish and then Catra had to learn to be selfless. Mm -hmm. Which when she when when they're at the heart and Catra decides to stay with Adora instead of leave her, and obviously Adora has to sort of choose to live to to you know for for the shield to go up. Oh, the shield! For the second when I first saw the shield, I was like, "Is that just did that just come out of nowhere?" But I realized her hand was up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she created the shield. My bad. I mean yeah. that when that moment happened, I literally gasped like oh, Shira's coming back. She's alive. Oh. What did you think of that future scene? Or like her I guess her scene what she wanted her future to look like. What did you think when you first saw it? Because I thought I told you I thought she was dead. I thought I was like it's I thought she had like, access to different like part of her brain, like an unconscious part, like a magical part of her brain. That was able to play out this alternate reality. <laughs> it was a very sci-fi thing that I built up in my head. <laughs> that this is just another dimension or another lifetime where, yeah. you know, um, there they were. This is what life would have looked like if the horde wasn't. This is what I thought. I thought this is like another dimension where the horde just wasn't there, and this is what their life would have looked like. And she was imagining the perfect life. Um, I mean, because they, they kind of did that before when. The portal was open, right? It was like Catra's sort of ideal world, which is yeah. so heartbreaking because, like, again, in her perfect world, she's not like Force Captain. She's not the leader. She's just there with Adora. Like, that's her perfect world. It's like she's Adora's back with her, mm -hmm. and Shadow Weaver's nice to her and validates her. She just doesn't just, want oh. too much change. That's all. Just, she just wanted great. things to be how it was because clearly, it like. Catra can't doesn't deal well with change. It's too no. upsetting for her. And I guess in her world, in her fantasy, better the devil you know. That's why she can't. She couldn't leave the hordes. Yeah. That Adora asked her to, because it was it was all she really knew. It was. It's too much. It was too like. It was okay for Adora because she was like automatically accepted because she was Shira. If she yeah. wasn't Kira, she wouldn't have such a big welcoming. Yeah. Whereas Catra would have literally been hated. Yeah. And she, I think she knew that she just didn't have a place there. Which is why I kind of want a movie, because I feel like season five, you finally got to see her integrate with everyone, and it was so nice to see her, like, be happy. Mm. I just want to see her happy more, you know? I want to see her repair things with Mamisto with and... It's a shame that Scorpio and Mamista were the two that were chipped because obviously they were the two that she had the most tension tension with, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that was for the purpose of moving the story along quicker. I get that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I'd also like to see how Hordak redeems oh. himself. 
I would love to see that. I don't want to, you know, like they just, they were like, Mimista says it. So are we like, okay with this now? <laughs> she was fully like my inner spirit animal. Oh yeah, I love Mimista. I think she's one of my favourites. She's the best, honestly. She just voiced exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it was so nice to see, like from the beginning, how when they picked up all the different princesses, how they were then to how they are now in the finale, like how different they are. Like every one of them had their own character arc, like de character development arc. Like Mamista became so much more open and she had more leadership skills. Perfuma had this massive change where she got more involved and, you know, uh, who else? And Frosta became less frosty. And <laughs> <laughs> Scorpia. You know, awesome. she, she connected to her runestone and she became more powerful and she became more confident. So that was that was so nice to see how much more confident she became. Oh, I loved it all. <laughs> so wholesome. It is. I think that's why I connected with it, because I keep bringing a Steven Universe, but it's just it's a wholesome, lovely, feel good show. Mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate finishing Shira so quickly because I've delayed finishing Steven Universe because I don't like the idea of it being over mm. but I think this season was just so sort of well developed that I could, had no choice but to watch it all I needed to watch it all but I do hope that there's more if there isn't then I think it ended really lovely I, I like the way it ended and I don't say that lightly because I, I usually hate endings for a lot of shows because they just somehow cannot manage to end things appropriately. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen often, but I think this was like genuinely just really a mm. lovely end. And it, it was like it was closed but it was it, it had it has room to go exactly, further if yeah. need be. And I, I think that's what I like, that it wasn't like all wrapped up really nicely as a present for us. It was a lot of the things that we were anxious about were settled and there was a few open leads. So if in case there is a movie, hint, hint, we would get a movie. They want to bring magic back to the universe. And now there is. So it's a different world now. Etheria is a whole different planet. It's bright. It's got a lot of, it's colourful. It's all the animals, all the magical animals are about and the land is is more nourished. And oh, the gosh. zone look less frightening. I loved that the way to defeat Horde Prime spaceship was to make it a tree. Oh, a tree. I thought it's perfect. Make it grow. That's what you need. <laughs> a tree in space. Perfect. I loved it. I loved it so much. What did you think of her new redesign? I loved it. Oh my goodness, it was so her it was more her than yeah yeah because like the the first she-ra was really cool and everything but it didn't look like adora and they talked about she-ra and adora being very separate entities not yeah. that they were combined but then the new she-ra she had her hair poof and she was wearing trousers and i loved it she was at a ponytail <laughs> Ponytail, the poof. Yeah, it was great. And I felt like this is Adora and She-Ra combined. Yeah, it was, she was more, she's more comfortable 
with who she is now, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, standout moments from the entire series? I think my the scene that got to me the most is all the scenes with Shadow Weaver and Cat and Catra and Shadow Weaver and Adora because they were some dysfunctional family man and whenever they did get together which wasn't often they were really powerful yeah. uh, because you could just see the favoritism and you could see the manip- the gaslighting and the manipulation and uh, yeah it's those scenes that really stuck with me and even the scenes when you know she escapes from the prison with Catra and oh! she, she goes to Adora and as as soon as Catra finds out where she went it's like wow nobody chooses me everybody chooses oh! Adora I just and her name literally means to adore yeah. you know <laughs> oh god yes Jesus oh I always remember the because like she basically manipulated her into getting like she. She just like she grabs her face and she like says all these nice things to her, and then she just she sort of like turns doing. turns into. <gasps> I mean, it's great oh, casting to have V play Shadow Weaver. Lauren Toussaint, yeah, I want to say is her name. I can't remember, but V from Orange. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. she, that's what she did in Orange. It's true. She manipulated everyone to feel that you know, that she loved and cared for them, but she just used them to her advantage. Oh, God, it gives me shivers. What about you? I only have season five fresh in my brain. Um, But any time you see young Adora and young Katra, it always just makes me sad. It's just anything. Like, I think in episode three of season five, um when like Adora's like I'm always going to be your friend and it's like that is what sort of is what makes it click for Katra to finally go and do something good and save Glimmer mm-hmm. oh it's just my heart because like you like it's always been Adora for her it's just so oh this makes because I have to know. Because there's something about characters like Catra where you're just like they're so they're so like hard and rough on the outside, but like there's always that one person that is like makes them soft, Mm -hmm. and it's just oh my heart. And I loved how Bo just thought she was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Bo to a T, isn't it? Though, like Catra's tried to kill him a bunch of times. They tried to kill each other, to be fair, but he's just. I mean, he has, he literally wears his heart on his, like, chest. Like, yeah. he's just the most so loving open. and open person that, despite all of these things that she's done, he's so willing to accept her into the best friend squad. Like, he has no reason to. Like, she's done so much mm. bad to him and all of them. But he sees that Adora clearly trusts him and she, he's, she saved Glimmer's life. That That's enough. It's funny how the things that stuck with us the most are the saddest and most torturous I things know. of the show. <laughs> Jeez. We're just think of a good... for punishment. What is a good thing? I do love I... that ending. That en- the ending when with the heart. And they both had that beautiful moment where they kissed and they merged and their love saved everything. That was I love that bit. She turned I mean, into so She-Ra. The love saved the world. That's it. That's it. Save the universe. I do like any time like Seahawk says Shanti. 
that scene made me laugh so hard like she was chipped and was clearly possessed (laughs) like a thing but he annoyed her to so much she was like oh why are you like this i love that i love that so much and where um you know perfumer is so adamant that her friendship with scorpio is enough yeah, that was pretty. Even hot. though it kind of annoyed me at at, at some points, because like clearly there were points when Scorpio just wasn't there and she was throwing stuff at her, and Perfume mm-hmm. was just like, "I believe in you, Scorpio," which you know it's 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 her thing, I guess. You know the power of friendship, but it was just getting to a point where I was like, "Okay, she's gonna kill you now," even though she didn't. Even though she's it was gonna like, fully throw a boat at you, like come on. No, it was tanks. That's it. She threw a tank. She told Shira to put it down. We don't throw tanks at friends. (laughs) She threw a tank now. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting watching the two worlds collide with Catra and and the Horde mixing with the princesses. That was really interesting. I did like the conversation that Catra and Perfuma had at the end where Perfuma was like uh, acknowledged that it's difficult for Catra to open her heart and be vulnerable mm. um, but that it's worth it in the end because essentially that's what how she is with Scorpia I feel like that's something that she needed to hear from someone and Definitely. it sort of opened her up a little bit because then she like clearly looked at Adora Yep. Is it, yeah. This season, they were pretty heavy-handed with a lot of the sort of things that they were They saying. needed to get to the point, you know? There wasn't <laughs> a lot of, of room to, to reflect and meditate. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie, though. I did think that... First, I did think that Katra was going to die in the, the episode where they tried to save her. Which they did save her. But I also thought that maybe Adora might die because it was just like... just seemed so foreshadowing because with every sort of season finale or every sort of big moment she's so willing to give and you know, give up her life yeah that i was like oh man she's finally gonna do it i'm glad they didn't though i'm glad too because that moment you know when she's crying as she-ra and she turns around to bow and glimmering oh, oh! they were the bestest friends she's oh, ever had oh, at that moment i was like She's doing it. She's going to die. Oh, yeah. The thing is, though, that the moment they all walked into that place, I feel like she already thought knew she was going to die. Like, she had it in her head. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that moment in particular. But that's she why was... Katra left. She couldn't watch it. She couldn't mm. bear the idea that, you know, she would give up her life for literally anybody but not stay with Katra. Why are you like this? Of course she would go and sacrifice herself. <laughs> oh dear. Like I could just hear it in her voice, like the frustration. Oh my god, am I this impossible that you have to literally kill yourself to be away from me? Great show, man. Great show. I'm so impressed. I know, it's mental. Well, you know, cartoons have the sort of capacity to sort of hold so much for kids and for adults. Final thoughts on Shira, Angelica, just having oh. it being fresh in your brain. Um, I recommend everybody watch Shira and let us know what your thoughts are because it is a very complicated and, and it is a deep show. 
I don't think, don't take it too lightly that it's animated. Oh, yeah. Don't be fooled into thinking because there's all of these colourful mm -hmm. colours. <laughs> just, yeah, just because it's the colours pop and the names are silly that you're going to watch something vapid and childlike. It's, there are very heavy themes, very... Definitely. Uh, definitely. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it to everybody. It's easy to watch as well, isn't it? It's like... Too easy. I mean, there were times even, like, Lubosch was really into it. A grown man. Mm-hmm. So... For all ages. Your, your final thoughts? I'm sad that it's over. I feel it, it's interesting because, like, uh, as I it, as I said, it came out in 2018, so it's like we haven't lived with it for long. If that makes sense, like it it came and it went, mm. and I feel like I'm still digesting it. I think mainly because, as well, because we're in this sort of weird lockdown space, so there's a lot of time to think about it, but. It was uh, a great. Yeah I, yeah, I watched it two months ago, and I'm still like, oh, mm. what a show! It's always sad when a show ends, though, isn't it? Well, it was a nice ending, so sure. I'm glad show that it ended while it was at its peak. And I think a lot of shows kind of miss the mark with that. They never really know how to end when they're at their peak. They always want to ride that wave a bit longer, and it just turns the show into something it wasn't supposed to be yeah this was such a nice way to wrap up like really get to the point get to the heart of everything and the heart of syria yes and leave us wanting more which is the whole point we we want more we do want more i hope there's more in some capacity a comic book maybe i know steven universe had like a few comics out or like i just want to see what they do next you know yeah, give us a spin-off with Hordak and Intractor. Oh. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd eat that right up. <laughs> oh, man. They I love like their voices. Yeah, they did have, like, really great voices. Oh, my God, Hordak's voice. And, like, the fact that the guy who played Hordak also was Horde Prime, also was wrong Hordak. Like, it was <laughs> one person... But with all different personalities, How it's just great. so good. Because they're all related anyway. <laughs> I mean, they're all essentially, yeah. But, like, the fact that he was able to create these different personalities with, you know, one person was just... I mean, Ron Hordak has my heart, oh, you know. That, that wink of his. <laughs> He's, yeah, you appear to be expressing a facial tick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, bless him. I did love Ron Hordak. He was he was great, a great addition. Ron Hordak, Milog, the emotional support pet, <laughs> alien pet, <laughs> and Seahawk. Gotta love Seahawk. Just great. You mean Swiftwind or Seahawk? Oh, did you mean Seahawk? All oh, right. Swiftwind was yes. also awesome. It was so jarring to see this like majestical unicorn horse and then have this sort of very manly voice come out of it. <laughs> like, it's so random. I was like, this is perfect. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so silly. So, hope you like our, our podcast. Let us know what you think and subscribe.
Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.